There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I'm Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. I'm Lee. from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. Let's rock it out. All right, guys, how's everybody doing out there today? It is. December 7th, 2023, 82 years since that fabled day in Hawaii. We'll get to that in a little bit, guys, real quick. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, guys, please make sure you share this with your friends and uh, people that you think need to just hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. Everyone should be listening. I should be the new Joe Rogan. As a matter of fact, we're going to call this the, the Road Jogan experience. <laughs> no, JK. But seriously, Road Jogan, right? So, guys, make sure you're sharing this with your friends. And then uh, make sure you subscribe to the show. You follow the show. It's free. Um, although, I will say this. I have, uh, so Podbean is uh, my distributor who puts out the show. And they're noticing how awesome the show's doing and how great it's growing and how great of a host that yours truly is here. And uh, <laughs> now, now they want me to monetize. You need to do a Patreon. We are, we are impressed by your downloads. You're just a schmuck. Lojo, no Joe, mojo. You just do with the full-time job and a part. They didn't say that. Um, but, yeah, and I'm like, nah. yeah, I was telling Chris, uh, I, I can't do it. I just... You know, when I listen to other podcasts and they have a Patreon, and it's cool. I don't, I don't care. You do, you do, you. And um, I, I can barely squeeze out three shows a week. I'm being for real. I mean, on top of just trying to find, well, let me back up. On top of working my job, like you guys do, imagine, imagine you trying to do a podcast. Imagine you. I think what helps me, I'll be honest with you, what helps me to be able to do this is um, the job that I do, I'm done relatively early in the day, 
I mean, granted, I go in in the middle of the night. And uh, most, pretty much all the days that I come home that I do a show, Sunday, well, Sundays I'm off, but Sunday, uh, Tuesday, and Thursdays, most of those days, the wife is working. And even when she's not, she understands I've been doing this long enough, she kind of gets it. And uh, she doesn't really bother me a whole lot. That's why I try to keep the shows at about an hour, just so... I can generally get on here, crack the mic open, say what I got to say within an hour, within an, an hour and a half of the time I start to the time I post, it's about an hour and a half if I don't ramble on too much like I'm doing right now. And um, But nonetheless, my point being is this. You work a job. You work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Um, I work not that. No, I work about 45 or so. And... Um, it's hard for me to find that time, you know, on top of doing your normal husbandly duties, mowing the yard, doing those type of things. I go to the gym, you know, three, four times a week. Um, and I'm not getting paid to do this, so I want to make sure I get those things done and then still try and do this. Now, most shows that do a Patreon, and I'm not talking about your big shows like your, your Rogans and Bonginos and those types of people that have sponsorships and get paid to do a podcast. Um, I'm just talking about the dudes that probably have more followers than me, and I get that doing a Patreon. Well, I don't have the time. Usually that's exclusive content on our Patreon. Uh, subscribe, $5 a month, blah, 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 you know. Uh, I don't because, you know, I can hear what I need to hear from y'all for free. And that's the way I see it. The, the best way for me, if I'm ever to make money doing this, is I tried the shop. The shop's not really working as well as it is, I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm probably going to go on there here this month, buy me a couple of things, and shut it down the first of the year. Um, and the reason that is is because it costs money to run the shop, whether people are buying stuff or not. Now, if you're buying stuff, obviously... It keeps the shop open. Not that it's a $1,000 a month to run the shop. It's literally, I think, $30 a month to run the shop. But, <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll, be, I'm on it. I'll be honest with you guys, okay? the With the exception of the equipment, with the exception of having a computer, buying a mixer board, having a microphone, that's the initial setup cost. Okay, whatever. Um, The monthly fees i guess to run the podcast is about twenty dollars a month to be able for it to be distributed not a lot of money the website i have is another twenty dollars a month not a lot of money the shop is another thirty dollars a month once again not a lot of money but you add that all together now you're talking 70 bucks and on top of other things that I might need to do to find research, to do whatever, um, buy articles. Sometimes I have to subscribe to stuff to be able to read stuff, and it is what it is. Uh, you know, all in, I'm probably spending 70 to to $100 a month on this show. Now, granted, to some people, $100 a month isn't a lot of money. 70 to to $100 in my world, it's not a lot of money, but it's a bottle. It's a good bottle of whiskey. I did the shop with the hopes that I could maybe profit, not profit per se, but make $100 a month 
<laughs> to cover the cost of all the different situations. Now, either you guys give two shits about the store because I can see people have gone to the store. I can see when people go, but no one's buying anything. Now, in all honesty, I've, I've kept the prices as low as I possibly could keep them. Um, they can't go any lower, Captain. You know, so um, it is what it is. And it's just literally costing me money for nothing. In in the in the words of uh, Dire Straits, right? Money for nothing, and I don't get shit for free. And uh, and I get it. You know, times are tough. People, you know, I get it. You don't you don't have the money. Do I want to spend the money on a T-shirt from a stupid ass um, podcast dude? No, maybe you don't. You know, and and that's fine. I I get it. Um. So nonetheless, if if you do want to buy anything, uh, I'm just preoccupied i'm typing stuff in i can look at the the visitors so huh, this week this week i've had one visitor to the show or not to the show but to the uh, store and this month granted it's only what the seventh i've had four nothing being bought i can see what you're looking at you're looking at the t-shirts you're looking at you're looking at the sweatshirts you're looking at stuff you're not buying anything Looking at the whiskey glass. So, yeah, I mean, essentially what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy me a sweatshirt. I'm going to buy me a whiskey glass, maybe another T-shirt. And then if nothing happens by the first of the year, gone. So this is just your last, I don't want to say warning, but your last opportunity. If you think you might have won and got something, you might as well get it while while the getting's good. Anywho, Um, and that's how I want to support myself. If I can't get sponsors, if I can't have a shop, then I'll just do the podcast, and it is what it is. And one day, maybe shit will blow up, and maybe one day it won't, and you'll never hear from me again, because I'll be like, fuck this shit, it's not worth it. <laughs> I do think I'm hearing, that you guys are hearing me, that there are people that are hearing me. I, I see the responses, I get the messages, I get uh, emails, I get um, messages on Facebook. So I, I know there's some of y'all, and I get it. Um, so I, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing it for me, because it helps me release my angst, I guess, but I, I feel that you guys are right there with me. So enough about me. Let's talk about um, me. <laughs> also, if you guys are on social media, make sure you can follow us at Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, True Social, and the Ticker Talker. Ticker Talker is strictly for drinks. I have another drink. I know I've been saying this for about a week now. I'm going to do it as soon as I have an opportunity, guys. I promise. And then uh, we are on the Twitter X machine at DTOM underscore 1775. And if you are not on social media, that's cool. I get it. You can check us out at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. From any of those situations, you can hit me up. If you have any questions, any comments, any whatever. Also, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, whether it's Spotify or Apple, you can give us a rating and leave a, leave a comment telling me how crappy I'm doing or how good I'm doing, whatever. I generally read those on a show when you send them so anywho today december 7th 2023 82 years ago mr vice president mr speaker members of the senate of the house of representatives 
yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. The United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation and at the solicitation of Japan was still in conversation with its government and its emperor looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. The attack yesterday on the Hawaiian Islands has caused severe damage. All right, you guys get it. I don't need to play. It's a five-minute speech. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole thing about Pearl Harbor. I have my suspicions and my beliefs. I did a show about it, False Flags, Pearl Harbor. You can go back and listen to it. Um, and I've talked about it in recent times with the whole October 7th, conveniently enough, in Israel. And uh, the terms. Oh, this is their Pearl Harbor. Oh, this is their 9-11. Keywords that trigger me because I believe there's a different truth than what we are being told about those two incidences. What makes me believe this whole October 7th thing is bullshit, too. I mean, yeah, we see what we see. Don, you saw, you saw the stuff. Yeah, I saw fucking planes hit Pearl Harbor, and I saw something happen in New York City. That doesn't mean that what we saw is what exactly happened. So just trust me. When I tell you, don't necessarily believe what your eyes are showing you. Do some research. It'll change your world. So, why why did I play that? I'm, I'm asking you because I really don't know. I'm having a Joe Biden moment. No, seriously. The, the reason it's interesting, <laughs> it's interesting is the reason I played that. The timing is impeccable. Obviously, today is December 7th, 2023, 82 years ago, is when that happened. Uh, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor, blah, 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 whatever. So why am I talking about it today? We're not doing a show about it, so why are we talking about it? Well, the title of this show is going to be Pearl Harbor. No, it's going to be The Lessons Learned from the Nazis that created the FBI we know today. There's been a lot of talk recently and probably for the last year or so about the FBI and the things they're doing or trying to do or the things they haven't done, I guess. And really, if you just go back through their history, you'll see that the recent atrocities aren't new. I mean, I'm not even talking about the big things like Ruby Ridge or Waco. Um, Fast forward to today, or not today, necessarily today, but this current time, January 6th, the the Michigan governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer's, Whitmer's, whatever, her quote-unquote kidnapping. These things that involve people that are just regular people, you know, they're, 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 um, they might be a little hardcore, 
They might be a little more hardcore than you and I are. And then they get picked up by FBI um, insiders or informants, and they basically egg them on, okay? Kind of Ray Epps style. Let's go in the Capitol. We got to go in the Capitol. You know, those type of things. Um. And and that's the that's I was gonna say the American, but that's really just a human nature of things. You doesn't matter what country you're from. You as a human being can be pissed off about something, okay, whatever that something is. And then if you find a second person, a third, a fourth, a tenth, a twentieth person that's pissed off about that something, then you create a movement. Right. Let's say you have a Facebook page or a Twitter page or a whatever, and and we're creating a movement. We're pissed off about this thing, whatever that thing is. Then, in this country, and and much like probably other countries, the FBI catch catches wind of your of your thing that you're mad about. Then, if you start getting traction, and your one person that turned into twenty people turns into two hundred people is now two thousand people. Not that you have 2,000 people in your group per se and you're meeting every Saturday at, you know, 2 o'clock to talk about your problem. But you have a following, okay? Like the DTOM show, we have a following. Not that it's a grandioso following, but we have a little, we have like 1,200 people that follow us on Facebook. We have a couple thousand listeners a month that listen to the show. Which doesn't, oh, that's nothing, Don. Joe Rogan gets millions. He gets millions. Cool. I'm not an actor. I don't do UFC fights. And I'm not a comedian. Although I'm pretty funny. (laughs) I'm just a dude. The fact that I do about, mm, what, 12 shows, give or take, a month. And I'm getting about 2,500 or so listeners to the show. I, I I can live with that. That's fine with me. Doesn't sound like a lot, but you try and tell me how many you get. Anyway, so we have a following on top of the fact of what our uh, logo is for the show. We have a following and we probably, I'm not saying that the FBI is sitting out in the front yard with the fucking, uh, in the laundry van surveilling the fucking neighborhood, but I'm sure we're flagged somewhere. Just, I'll just say that. But, and and we're small potatoes, but that's my point. They start looking at the small potatoes because before you know it, the small potatoes turns into a supersized fry, right? And um, they do this all around the country. And we're, we're, I don't, I'm not going to talk about what happens in Europe and Russia and and wherever else. We're we're focused on the FBI and the things that they're doing to, to the American citizens that for the most part, don't deserve it. We should have the right to be able to be pissed off at whoever we want to be pissed off at. As long as we're not acting on that piss-offedness, if that's a word or a phrase or whatever. And by that means, if you could be pissed off at the governor of Michigan, okay, for example. And you could have a group of guys and you're all pissed off. Man, she's a bitch and I can't believe she's locking us down for COVID. Fuck her. She can go suck a dick, blah, blah, blah. And you can have those conversations with your buddies. But once you start getting a following, and it's not even that you're serious about doing anything about it. You're just talking. You're just talking shit. And to think that if you're on the phone with your buddy and you're talking shit, 
that you're not being listened to, then you're stupid. Now, it's one thing, in my opinion, it's one thing to get on the phone and you're talking to your buddies or you're talking to this guy and then you're talking to this guy. And these are people that you trust. It's not these random people. You're talking to people that you trust. And you all have the same sentiments. And you can sit here and have a conversation about whatever. And let's talk, we'll, we'll, we'll focus on the Michigan governor. This was, what, five, four or five years ago, whatever it was. And, and you can be like, fucking, I can't believe that, bitch. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. And blah, blah, blah. And you're getting pissed off about it. But then when you get off the phone, you go about your business. You go back to your job. You're doing whatever you do for a living. And then a week later, you're talking to your buddy. Can you believe that bitch did? You see her on the news the other day? I can't believe she said this, that, and the other thing. You know, ah, fuck that whore. You know, and then it's being picked up on conversations. So then the FBI might say, hmm, you know, I think we might could get these guys on something if we could get, you know, our informant Billy Jack to kind of make friends with uh, Joe Jack over here. And uh, maybe he can start putting some ideas in their heads. And that's how things start. Then... They're at a social club, they're at the Moose Lodge, they're having a few beers, and then one thing leads to another, and then all of a sudden Billy Bob's like, hey, you know, maybe we should kidnap that bitch. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's funny. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. A week later, I'm serious, man, we really should kidnap that bitch. Oh, man, that'd be something. That's crazy. And then Billy Bob has a friend, Mikey Bob, and then, you know, two weeks later, they're drinking beers and they're all talking. (laughs) I'm telling you, that'd be crazy. Can you imagine we kidnap that bitch? (laughs) You know, before you know it, before you know it, you kidnap the bitch, <laughs> right? Um, not saying that that's right. And if you're, you know, just Joe Schmo having a conversation with your friends and you're pissed off about whatever the governor's doing, but then you let an outsider talk you into something, well, you're a fool, number one. And if you haven't learned anything from the recent events of the last couple of years of what the FBI is doing, you need to choose your friends wisely. Okay, serious. You might think I'm sounding crazy, but that situation and the July, the January 6th situation all started in the same realm. We are made to believe that J6 happened that day because Trump was up there speaking and saying this about that and how the election was stolen, yada, yada, yada. And that was a result of his speech when in actuality, All of that happened months before by Facebook groups, Twitter groups, these groups and that groups and people getting together, not to storm the uh, Capitol, but to be at the, uh, the, the rally. It had nothing about storming the Capitol. It was about the rally. We need to be there on January 6th to support our president and the stolen election. And we need to be there. We need to be there. We need to be there. In the meantime, you had the anti-American groups, Antifa, who was there. And the FBI and their informants, who also were there to infiltrate at the time of this. And this is all coming clear now. We're seeing the tapes. And which is interesting about Mike Johnson releasing the tapes because I have something on him here in a little bit that's really probably going to piss you off or it should anyway. But you you involve informants and undercover and uh, 
uh, agitators into a group that's already kind of agitated and then not saying that all the people that were there on J6 were involved in what happened and you saw videos of of regular people complaining to the police you're letting these people smash windows you're letting them do that and the cops are just standing there letting them do that so why am I talking about all this so I'm going to read you a story. It's a story about a man named Brady. Okay? He had three boys. It's crazy. No. <laughs> so, back in the 1930s, back when I was 40, no, in the invasion of Poland in September of 1939, uh, it produced, if, if, the inva- if, if the invasions, produced a shiver of fear in the United States, the invasion of France in spring of 40 instilled the lasting sense of dread. During a few days in early May, the Nazi army blitzed into Belgium, Luxembourg, Holland, and finally France, where they tabled the French army and crumpled at the Magno Line. On June 14th of 1940, Adolf Hitler's troop trifling marched into Paris, unfurling a swastika over the Arc de Triomphe, <laughs> as the 41st week of the war came to a close, an American reporter wrote back to the Washington. The mighty German army prepared to appeared to be writing an obituary for the France, for the French. So I'm not going to read the whole story of why, what, when, who, where, what, why, how. I want to fast forward to the American president at the time, FDR, and his response. So, he urged Franklin Roosevelt. God damn it. Franklin Delano Roosevelt did not try to convince them otherwise, or at least directly. He urged the nation to improve its defense and reinitiated a national draft in case a war should arrive at America's shore. Now, it's interesting... This all happened in 1940, okay? And the reason I say this is interesting, and this is what's what's um, interesting, I know I use that word a lot, but about Pearl Harbor, 1941. Excuse me. I guess I'm tired. This is May of, of 1940, so December of 41 is when Pearl Harbor happened. So this was in May of 40. He reinitiated the draft in case... A war should come to American shores. Now, this—I mean, granted—at the time there was no such thing as World War One and World War Two. They were labeled that after the fact. But you just had twenty years prior—not even twenty years prior—World um, War One, and we weren't worried about that coming to our shores then. So why now? Or. Was this a seed that you got to think this was the, the invention of, you know, not invention, but, you know, put most people got their news. Like I played you that clip of him saying what he said. Now, that was a video clip, but not that there was TV back then, but there was radio. So people heard that on the radio. And then there was movies. So they probably saw that in the movie theaters. And it was kind of the invention of propaganda, audio and visual propaganda. 
and we've seen it being played since then in our lives over different events. I always talk about the why. They can't they they won't do anything without American they won't do anything under in a grand scheme under without Americans approval. They couldn't go into World War II without your approval. So how would they get your approval? Well, they 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 set the trap. They set the the bait in your head that we're gonna we're gonna just in case just in case it comes to our shores, we're gonna go ahead and initiate the draft just in case. And then he urged Americans to ramp up war production, especially on airplanes, tanks, and other heavy equipment, just in case in case it comes here. We don't want it coming here. We, George Bush, we got to fight him over there so we don't have to fight him over here, right? Finally, he called for a renewed effort against the fifth column, okay, of spies and saboteurs allegedly hidden throughout the Western Hemisphere, ready to rise up at Hitler's signal. He says, we have seen the treacherous use of the fifth column by which persons proposed to be peaceful visitors were actually a part of an enemy union of occupation. Roosevelt warned Congress, requesting almost a billion dollars in defense funding in a fireside chat. Ten days later, he spoke of it again, the Trojan horse and the fifth column that betrays a nations unprepared for treachery and enemy saboteurs, spies, and sympathizers lying in wait. As in 1939, he counseled Americans to avoid vigilant action, but there was no mistaking the overall message. The Trojan horse was real. It already passed through America's gates, and it was up to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, above all agencies, to stop it. Now, why is that important? Now, this was 80 years ago. <laughs> okay? Fast forward to today, and think of these same things. Fifth column of spies. Western Hemisphere. What are we hearing now with people crossing the border? Those could be... Spies, those could be, uh, they're all uh, military-aged males. Where are the families at? That's all we're hearing. Okay? So you had a president in 1939 telling you, or telling the people, we need to do this just in case. We need to do that just in case. Because these people are here. The Trojan horse has already crossed the line. We're already in it. Well, if you recall the story of Pearl Harbor and the events leading up to that date, and forget about the story that you know about Pearl Harbor. The stories leading up to that date, like he said in his speech, we have a we we had a peaceful uh, allegiance with this country, and then this happens. Well, at the time or prior to the time, Japanese people lived in the Japanese Japanese people lived in in America, not not Japanese Americans or people that were born here, but people that move from Japan for, you know, whatever businessmen, business people, you know, whatever. And that's part of the story, and that's part of how things happen, and that's kind of how Pearl Harbor happened. Um, but it's, co it's convenient or interesting how you have a president that comes out and says, just in case we're going to do these things, and then a year and a half later, those things happen. And... He focuses on the FBI to find these things out. This rush of concern over homegrown conspiracies and Nazi plots offered an opportunity 
to the agency's head, J. Edgar Hoover, during a full or during a relatively lull, during the relative lull of late 1939 and early 40, Roosevelt had been willing to allow the liberals in his party, even his Republican critics, to wring their hands about civil liberties and attack Hoover's wartime surveillance plans. With the invasion of France, the president lost patience with those critics and once again committed himself to firmly to on her, uh, Hoover's side. The president had a tendency to think in terms of right and wrong instead of terms of legal and illegal, Attorney General Robert Jackson recalled, because he thought that his motives were always good for the things that he wanted to do. He found it difficult, dif- difficultly in thinking there could be legal limitations on them. So what is he saying? Now, this is 1939. Okay? We have an, uh, an, a law called the Patriot Act that was signed in 2002, I think it was. So you're talking, what, 60-some-odd years later from this. So there was no law. There was no act. He was just doing it under the guise of wartime whatever. Right? Because... In 1939, he believed that he was spying on American people, citizens, just in case you were a spy. Now, isn't it interesting how we are still dealing with this 80 years later? And it's not about me or you or whoever, your friend down the street, being spies for China or Russia or whoever. No, no, it's different now. They want the illegals to come in from whatever country. They don't specify. You and I, the the white nationalists, the uh, the MAGA Republicans, the uh, uh, whatever, <laughs> the patriots, the three percenters, the whatever label they throw on us, are the bad guy. We are the ones being surveilled because... We are the quote-unquote domestic terrorist. They don't care that we are the people <laughs> that want to protect this country. Just because we want to protect this country from you dumb fucks doesn't make us terrorists. That makes us loyalists to the country. We might not be loyal to the government, but we're loyal to the country. There's a difference. The result was a single swift uh, uh, compilation. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't read some days. A power in Hoover's career. I'm sure it's the whiskey. I'm sure it has nothing to do with it, though. In late May of 1940, Roosevelt secretly, re- secretly rejected the Supreme Court's ban on wiretapping. I am convinced that the Supreme Court never intended any dictum to apply uh, to grave matters involving the defense of a nation. So, in other words, I don't give a shit what the Supreme Court says about wiretapping. We need to do this because it's for the defense of the nation. We hear this now. So, to say that Bush or Obama or Biden or whoever, this isn't new. <laughs> and it doesn't matter that it's a Republican or a Democrat saying it. 
They all do it. They all hate you. They all do. I know in our heart of hearts, we don't want to believe that Trump isn't that guy. But isn't he? And and I and I personally am torn. I'll be honest with you. I'm torn between the belief that he is or he isn't. And why do I say that? Well, in having conversations with Chris on the phone while the FBI is listening, I sit there and say, and Chris's argument is, he's um, what if he's a different bad guy? So what if you have the quote-unquote deep state, right? And it's a lot bigger group than the Trump state, okay? We'll just call it the Trump state. And... But both factions are bad, okay? The deep state is evil and the Trump state is evil. But the deep state's evil looks bigger because there's more of them. The Trump state doesn't look as evil because it's a smaller faction, but it also doesn't look as bad because they're going against the deep state evil. You see what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying that Trump is or the Trump state is um, that's just an argument that Chris has that maybe he's not the white hat. Maybe he's just a different kind of bad. My argument is, or maybe he isn't because I, in my life, and even if you read through history, have never seen so much hatred towards a person that was president, lost, and was out of it, and they kept going after him. And that's the one thing that I, that I think that's the glimmer of hope that a lot of us have is that we're going to vote this guy back in because he's going to do A, B, C, D, you know, he's going to do it. He's going to do the things he said he was going to do. Now, you might hold on to the glimmer of hope that that's going to happen, but you could also say, you know, he talked about all that shit the first time and he didn't do anything. Now, was it a fact or a case that he couldn't because he was he wanted he needed eight years to be able to do the things he needed to do and he never got that chance? I don't know. I don't know. Um, But from a surveillance state, uh, you know, and speaking of this stuff, you got to figure he (laughs) was thrown into the mix of a J6 situation that obviously now we, we know was fake, was put on. I mean, obviously it wasn't fake. It obviously happened. But the the upbringing of it was. So, um, the reason I'm talking about this is the Hoover learned a lot of his, uh, I guess we could use the word espionage and ideas from the Nazis and the way they ran the SS, the Gestapo, and their different branches of secret police. Because a lot of the things that the Nazis were doing in Europe during these times and before these dates, not much before, I mean, mid, mid-30s, were very similar to what Hoover convinced FDR to do to us. Because Hoover isn't an idiot and... I mean, hate him all you want. I don't have a problem with that. And you can hate Hitler all you want. I don't have a problem with that. But these these individuals don't get to be who they are because they're stupid. Okay, let's let's face the facts. 
Hitler ran a tight ship. And he expected his minions to do what he wanted them to do. And he and this is Germany, obviously. He gave two fucks about your civil liberties. Okay? You, you living in Nazi Germany back in the 30s, you had no civil liberties. Regardless of whether you were German <laughs> or a Jewish German or whatever. It didn't matter. You know, he took guns away. He did all these things. Hoover wanted to do all these same things too, but... Once again, that damn pesky constitution stood in the way. So we couldn't do the obvious things. We couldn't take guns away. We couldn't silence free speech because that would be obvious. But we could secretly spy on American citizens because it's wartime. We could do these things because it's wartime, just in case there's Nazis here. Hoover learned everything that he was doing by watching the Nazis and Hitler, and the SS, and Heiler, whatever his name was. And um, those those um, rules of engagement towards American citizens didn't go away when World War II ended. They manifested for the next 80 years to today in different events. And it's just... It's, I think it's crazy how the more and more you pay attention to these things, the more and more you see how crooked the FBI is as an organization to the point where the other last night or whatever it was, I guess there was another Republican uh, debate and a reporter for CNN after the fact was talking to Vivek about that and he was talking about J6. And of course, now... They're making the point of saying about Christopher Ray because a lot of focus is on Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI. Well, you know, Trump's, uh, that was Trump's appointed FBI agent or FBI whatever, blah, 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 insinuating that, that Christopher Ray, I mean, he was appointed to the FBI by Trump. I'm not denying that fact, but insinuating that Trump is responsible because of Ray, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the thing, and most of you guys know this, I'm sure, but if I'm President Don Q, and okay, my term's up, and I have, you know, Joe Schmo over here is my FBI, the head of the FBI, when I leave office, you don't have to keep him on board. You can find your own head. So I think it's much of a situation that Trump, like a lot of his choices for different roles, was fooled by a deeper state that he didn't see coming because even he himself was confused by the R and the D. And I think Christopher Ray was a suggestion because he seemed like a middle-of-the-road kind of guy when in actuality he was just an agent of the deep state. So I guess in essence, Trump wins if Trump wins once again, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Forget about I'm gonna drill, I'm gonna I'm gonna um what was it that he said? He was gonna uh close the borders and drill, drill, drill. Okay, cool. What are you gonna do to these people? What are you gonna do to these people that have done to you? Are you going to lock people up? Are you going to do these things? Because they're sure as shit trying to do it to you. And to the rest of us. 
But, you know, in my personal opinion, I think it's time to hold the FBI accountable for its crimes. And it's a long list of criminals and criminal activities, and it's not just Christopher Ray. You know, these, these stories go back years. So in 2021, a New York judge threw out the convictions of Muhammad Aziz and Khalil Islam 55 years after the two men were convicted of the February 1965 assassination of Malcolm X. A two-year investigation by Manhattan District Attorney's Office revealed that both the New York Police Department and the FBI failed to disclose this expulsatory uh, information about the men, which likely would have led to their acquittal. I'm not going to read the whole fucking story. You get the idea. They hid evidence. Okay? The hidden evidence was presumably gathered covertly as a part of a notorious FBI counterintelligence program from the 50s to the 70s known as Cointelpro. It sought to neutralize black power leaders through liberal through I'm sorry, through illegal tactics such as surveillance, infiltration and disruption. For those familiar with these abuses and the error and the in this error more broadly the FBI's question questionable role in the case was unsurprising. So this was the 50s of the 60s, black power leaders, blah, blah, blah. That is happening today. The difference is it's not black power leaders. It's us. It's your Tea Party leaders. It's your your ultra mega, whatever. <laughs> whatever label they put on stuff. Um, U.S. Representative Bobby Rush, a former Black Panther leader from Chicago, immediately pointed the figure of the FBI for wrongful convictions. In the November 18th statement, he said, I'm struck by this most dastardly and evil fact that two men suffered decades of imprisonment as a result of active collaboration and treachery from J. Edgar uh, Hoover's FBI. Malcolm X was a shining example of black American manhood and humanity for his opposite J. Edgar Hoover, a lowlife, to be at the center of the assassination is indeed an American tragedy and flies in the face of Malcolm's high ethical standards. And who else, who else in this time was the FBI responsible for, for assassinating or having a knowing participant in the event? I mean, talking about Malcolm X, well, Lincoln, Lincoln, <laughs> uh, Kennedy, um, MLK, you know, who else? Bobby Kennedy. And then... You know, you fast forward. Now, I'm going to play this clip. This is from a gentleman named Bob Johnson. Okay? It's crazy. Um, you know, I'm an idiot because I had his name here. And I'm sure I'm looking right at it, but I'm scrolling through this. So I'm going to let him play, and then his name will come up, and you'll, you'll get uh, the point. I personally investigated the Oklahoma City bombing case. Huge cover-up. Jack Kennedy's assassination, huge cover-up. Bobby Kennedy's assassination, huge cover-up. Now, this guy's 27 years in the FBI. World Trade Center, huge cover-up. Okay, terrorism. They're using it as an excuse to take away our constitutional rights and our civil liberties. The Bilderbergs. I'm Ted L. Gunderson, a 27-year veteran of the FBI. Ted, Ted Gunderson, if you didn't catch that. Ted, Ted Gunderson. Uh, 27 years with the FBI. March of 1979, 
At the time I returned. God damn the fucking internet. I swear to fucking God. It's been fine. It's been fine. Special agent in charge of the FBI Los Angeles Division. With more than 700 personnel under my command and a budget of $22.5 million. Was an agent. Okay, so I guess I don't want you to hear the goddamn clip. I'm not going to keep playing it because it's pissing me off. God fucking damn it. I swear to God. So, former head of the FBI confirms that 9-11 was orchestrated at the highest level by the U.S. government. Oklahoma City bombing, JFK, RFK assassinations, World Trade Center, child sex trafficking by military, CIA, and politicians are huge cover-ups. Now, this clip didn't play yesterday. This is back a minute ago. He's been dead for 11 years now. That clip was even older. That clip was from the 90s, I think 97. Conveniently enough, he died in 2011. I found three different ways he died. One was he had cancer, one he had kidney failure, and one he was killed. So um, I'm going to go with the latter because he probably was killed because he wouldn't shut his mouth. He knew things that he was supposed to keep secret, and he wasn't keeping it a secret. So what does it all mean, Basil? So I don't know... If you know this. So, Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which is FISA, is a statute that authorizes the collection, use, and dissemination of electronic communications content stored by U.S. Internet services such as Google, Facebook, Microsoft, I would assume Twitter, TikTok, so on and so forth. We're traveling across the Internet's backbone. So basically, anything that you go on the Internet and see, they can see. With the compelled assistance of U.S. telecom providers such as AT&T and Verizon. Now, this article I'm reading you is dated February 15, 2017. And according to this, it sunsets on December 31st, 2017. Um... The this is a, a this is an act that was passed by Congress after 9/11. This was a way to monitor anybody using the internet, whether you're an American citizen or not. Anybody using the internet, saying anything, anything, and then why do you think? That of recently, if you recall, they tried to, the whole TikTok ban, okay? Let's go to the whole TikTok ban. And you hear a lot of people, and I can get in arguments about people with TikTok. And I've got my opinions on that, and I think banning TikTok is stupid because I don't think it has anything to do with anything more so than they can't control it. And that they don't like that. But anyway, the TikTok ban, quote-unquote, really had nothing to do with banning TikTok. One of the main things in the TikTok I'm going to call it the TikTok ban because that was the, the, the common use of that. But it wasn't actually that. The, the main point of the quote-unquote TikTok ban was to one of the things, I should say, was, okay, you probably see people do, oh, you can get a private VPN. You can, you know, search the internet and no one can see what you're searching, right? I, you know, different, I don't know, companies, whatever. I'm not going to talk about companies. They want to want me to talk about them. They can sponsor the show. I'm cheap. I only do it for $100,000 a month. I'm joking, but seriously, $100,000. Um, that was why <laughs> they don't like you having a private VPN because then they can't see what the fuck you're looking at. 
We don't like that. So, 2017, Section 702 sunsets. Okay, why is that a big deal that it sunsets or doesn't sunset? So, unlike traditional FISA surveillance, Section 702 does not require that the surveillance target be a suspected terrorist, spy, or other agent of foreign power. In other words, you, Bob Johnson, listening to this podcast right now on your cell phone, looking at girlies shaking their fat asses, they're watching you, they're watching you. Put it away. But seriously, if you get on, and it's not even, (laughs) you might not even be on the internet doing anything suspicious, but they're still watching you. See, the idea is that with uh, with uh, warrants and and surve- uh, surveilling and whatever, it you, there's got to be a reason. Why am I watching this guy or this girl? Well, because they're a known uh, terrorist or they're a known affiliated with whatever or whatever. Okay, I get it. But if you're just a dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast, I I mean, not for nothing. I don't think I'm any more important than anyone else. But in doing this show, (laughs) I do a lot of research. And I do look at a lot of stuff. And I dig deep. I I don't search something on the internet and take the first story that pops up. I dig deep. Because the good stuff's usually three, four pages down. Seriously. So you have to know what you're looking for but when i'm looking for this stuff surely that's triggering something somewhere that don q's looking at this bit of information now who am i i get it who am i um you want to be a part of a revolution i'm going to do a shameless little plug here you know my 2500 you know downloads i'm getting a month Share this show. We can bump that to five, ten, fifteen thousand, and that's what they don't want. They don't want a name like me, a person like me that's just like you. I have no stake in the game. They don't want someone like me to get big. I've heard from you guys, and I'm not trying to stroke my own ego, but I've heard the things that you guys say. And none of it has been bad. And I appreciate that. So obviously, I have decent enough research. Obviously, I can talk on a microphone. Obviously, I have a face for radio. I get all that. They don't want you to share my content because they don't want another Alex Jones on their hands. But... I guarantee you, because of the research I have to do, I'm not stealing this. I'm not listening to other podcasts. Okay, what did what did Dan Bongino say today? Oh, that's good. And I got something about him I want to talk about. It's kind of pissed me off, but I'm not worried about it right now. I'll maybe I'll talk about it another day. Oh, what did Tim Pool say? What did what did Poso say? What did you know? I don't do. I do listen to their shows. I, I'm not going to say I don't. <laughs> The biggest reason I listen to their shows is so I can talk about something else because they all talk about the same thing. So I'm trying to bring you something different because if you listen to those same shows or whoever else you listen to, you don't want to be like, fuck, he's just going to talk about the same shit. So I'm trying to go down a different path, and you guys know this. But my point being is I have to do a lot of research. So surely, and I don't use a VPN because whatever, whatever. Um, 
you know, I don't know. But Don, what are you worried about? This sunset at December 31st, 2017. Did it? Hmm. Did it? Breaking. <laughs> December 7th, 2023, at precisely 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, Senator Mike Johnson, oh, Speaker, I'm sorry, Speaker, not Senator, Speaker Mike Johnson, that's the Speaker of the House, newly placed Speaker of the House, who who replaced my, uh, Kevin McCarthy because, you know, he was a fucking dirty, slimy bastard. That Speaker has agreed to put an extension of Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act Inside the National Defense Act, the bill would extend Section 702 till April of next year. There you go in a nutshell. We think we have the Savior who, by the way, is responsible for all the J6 uh, dissemination that we could see that it was a bullshit inside job. He released all the tapes, but also he extended Section 702 and just moved it to another bill. Under the, what? National Defense Authorization Act. Just in case we're in a time of war. We got two countries, two different sets of countries fighting each other. We want to do this just in case it comes here. My question is, when are they going to reinitialize the, the draft? I mean, I'm too old. I ain't got to worry about it. But think about it, folks. Think about it. I tell you time and time again, nothing is new. The only thing that changes are the players of the game. Whether you're me or you or Billy Two or you're Joe Biden. Not that he has a fucking clue what's going on, but you see what I'm saying. The people that we think are our heroes, a lot of times, are the enemy. And that's why we have to be cautious. Because is Donald Trump just another, a different bad guy? Who's to say? All right. That is all I got for you today, guys. Today is December 7th, 2023. A day that will live in the podcast world of the greatest show ever. No. Um, so guys, please follow us on the, uh, on the social media at, uh, don't tread on America on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, what else are we on there? True social, <laughs> the ticker talker. And, uh, Oh, let me tell you something real quick, real quick. Hold on. Back up five hours later, bought the coolest fucking thing came yesterday. My wife, I got you an early Christmas present, early hell. You're going to use it too. It's not mine. Anyway, so there's this thing called a Bartesian. If you don't know what it is, look it up. So I got the Bartesian on steroids because that's what we do. Uh, anything. Anyway, this thing's cool as fuck. And it holds six, five different liquor bottles. So you do a whiskey, a tequila, a gin, a vodka, and a rum. Yes. And it's kind of like a Keurig, right? Instead of putting the coffee in there, you have a little alcohol, little mixers. So, I mean, you don't have alcohol because you, you, you have your bottles. But the mixer is like, so you put an old-fashioned mixer in there or a Cosmopolitan or whatever. <laughs> it's badass. I had two of them yesterday. Anyway, um, 
that'll probably I'll probably do one of those on on the ticker talker too. I'm a, I got a drink in my mind that has nothing to do with that, and then I'm gonna do the the Bartesian thing. So I'm telling you guys, check out the TikTok. It's Don't Tread on America. Also, we're on the Twitter machine at dtom underscore seventeen seventy five. If you're not on social media, that's fine. Uh, you can check us out at don'ttreadonamerica.com. From all of those situations, you can message me if you have any comments or concerns or questions. And you can also access the store. We're giving it to the end of the month, guys. Come on. Come on. If you can, if I can get some sales this month, I'll keep it open. Help me out. I'll keep it open through tax season. So when you all get your tax returns, you can buy some stuff. Anyway, um, and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, guys, if you're on Apple or Spotify, if you could please uh, leave a rating. If you want to leave a a uh, remarks, that's cool. Do so. And uh, please share this with your friends, people that need to hear this. And uh, let's keep growing. Just keep doing what we're doing. We grow a little bit every month. And that's that's all it takes is a little bit every month. I'd like it to be a lot of it every month. But, you know, whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. All right, guys. Anywho, I think I covered all my bases. And that's all I have for you today. I will talk to you again on Sunday next week. So what's what's Sunday? The tenth, uh, I think. Um, I don't know. Whatever Sunday is, I'll be back that week. Sometime that week, either I don't know if it'll be Sunday, Tuesday, or Thursday, but sometime that week, I have a Christmas show I'm going to do, and I'm going to give you Christmas, the Christmas that you don't know. Let's just call it that. But it will be this week sometime. I'm trying to get a guest on the show to be involved with that uh hopefully they can show up if not i will do it solo but it has to be next week because i need to get it out before christmas it's important it's important to me it's important to you all right guys you have a great day and i'll talk to you again on sunday